Hello everyone, welcome back to our severe case of indecision and our completely biased opinions with Ian and Tyler. You are listening to this very late edition of Sound Audits. How are we doing tonight, Tyler? Better now. At the time of recording this, it was approximately 11.53pm in the evening. PM and in the evening is a redundant statement, but you get what I mean. So we're both being the good little boys we are past our bedtime and we're tired but we're on we're on the grind right now and we're 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 putting out so to speak so we're in bed though we've tucked each other in nice and cozy laying head to foot Mm -hmm. and we're gonna we're gonna give you our thoughts on the new moses sumney record gray and boy are we excited to talk about this this has been a long time coming for me uh when mean 20 years was first released which was the very first teaser track to this project um i was very excited and i remembered seeing his name pop up on that james blake project that we reviewed the other year in 2019 his latest project as of recording this and i remember him having a very very idiosyncratic voice uh, in that his falsetto is unlike anything I've ever heard in my life. He sounds like an alien among aliens, um, especially in the context of that record. But I can, especially now, definitely see why he would have been the pick for that position because he has a sound that is unlike any other. It's very otherworldly. Point is, I was anticipating this record very much. Uh, This was one of my most uh, anticipated records of the year. Um, So just a little bit of of background on Moses Sumney. He is (laughs) on Google, he's or Google and Wikipedia, he's classified as an American singer-songwriter, but he is so much more than that. He is um, he is a producer a producer, a visionary poet, I would almost say literary, literary persons. He is Something to behold is what he is. He's something around 20 years old. Uh, he's been active since 2014. He had a record come out in 2016 uh, titled A Romanticism. Wow, he's performed as an opening act, fun tip, for um, The Dirty Projectors and Sufjan Stevens, which are both household names at this point. I've heard them around a lot. That's impressive. Wow. So he gets around, and especially considering that he's been on James Blake Project, he gets around, but um, besides being a singer and a songwriter, I would place him in that category genre-wise, but he spans so many other areas, from indie pop and rock, um, to ambient, to R&B, to soul, to electronica, and he definitely takes a fair bit, a fair bit of inspiration from Radiohead which we can get into, but from me and Tyler, that's a hell yes. And so, I don't know. I'm just, I'm excited to talk about it. So this was a dual double album. Yeah, this is a double album. And it had two separate release dates. It came out as part one, part two. And when part two came out, it was conjoined with part one, which I can't remember a release done that way. When Denzel Curry released Taboo, I didn't follow that to a T when it was released. I didn't. I wasn't like he- 
heavy because that was before Denzel Curry's the reason I got into trap. So, and that was through a friend. So I wasn't looking at that like through a magnifying glass. But if I remember correctly, he released that album in three different parts throughout the summer. But that was still considered one album because those were like five song segments. It wasn't released as a double album or anything like that. This is this is slightly different. But like in terms of being released over time, that's the only one I, that really brings to mind. I just realized like it's really interesting the creative lengths that artists can go to now that like the digital age has happened. Like Kanye West when he first released The Life of Pablo, he got like somewhat of a negative reaction at first and he went back, remixed the album in the studio and then re-released it. And it got a more positive reception. Did I say it was The Life of Pablo? His that was his 2016 album. But like I just find it interesting how artists have the creative ability to just control what gets released when, how it gets released what people are seeing and hearing i don't know it's just really interesting sorry i didn't mean that it's very different yeah it is very different you, there's i guess second chances yeah which is like weird so part one came out february 21st the full album in its entirety came out may 25th it is his sophomore album 65 minutes and it features contributions from 12 different artists most notably daniel lopatin thundercat and james blake point being we'll get into that the album was preceded by five singles the record was recorded in Asheville North Carolina and it is the first project that Sumney has recorded since he relocated from Los Angeles which I believe he basically he moved to Los Angeles hated the populations and just the sheer amount of people but that's the place you go where and you want to make it and mm-hmm. he decided to move somewhere that like actually suits him and record from there that's kind of cool yeah no that's what i'd do if i was him too yeah gray has for the most part received rave reviews from critics it is highly respected and very much critically acclaimed from the sources that i have i've gone to and he's 28 years old he's 28 okay thank you thank you he hasn't been at it for that long in six years so like maybe he went to college i don't know hmm. I th- and i think it's fair to say gray is pretty pretty good departure from his last project would you say i know that he definitely fleshed this out much more this is much more of a mature release um that one still finding his footing or so i heard this is more moses sumney than his last project definitely more focused and this is the first that I'm hearing of him as an artist, and um, I, 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 I can't, I can't speak anymore without giving away spoilers for how I feel about the record. So I think we just have to talk about it. Can we just talk about it? Let's just talk about it. So, Gray, um, I want to be completely honest with all of you. Um, listening to this album in its entirety, in its whole form, in its final, complete, perfect form, as it were, 
it, it was swimming circles around my head uh, for the first couple times that I listened to it. Because there are some things on here that I haven't seen attempted by much of anyone since early Radiohead. Um, and there is a lot of Radiohead influence on this album. But I remember, I just want to get out of the way, that I remember um, when we talked about Radiohead in very much length, when we did uh, their discography deep dive, which feel free to go listen to that. We go far more into detail. But I had said that... Um, especially on the record Kid A, which was Radiohead's 2000 release, um, that I had never heard an artist really come close to touching that in terms of experimentalism with rock and the fusions that it was dealing with, with rock and ambient, um, and electronica, the way that it did that, um, especially for the time was unheard of. Um, and... I'm not really going to sit here and tell you that this album is the next Kid A, right? But it has been attempted now by another artist. That, just that pinnacle, the the experimentalist uh, absurdity of that album has been attempted again. And Moses Sumney nailed it, basically through and through. This album is, if I had to give it a couple of adjectives, it is very serene, but multifaceted and busy. It really, when it needs to take its time, it takes its time. It is very profound and very knowing, and I will use the word literary again, because... And I don't... I'm sorry, I'm bouncing back and forth from topic between topics here, but... I don't usually listen to an album solely for its lyrics. And that's not, a lot of the times, that's not one of the things that sticks out to me immediately. Uh, a lot of the times it is the sound palette that will stick out to me immediately. But in this case, I find myself more and more returning and really listening for what he's saying because his lyrics are very impressive. Um, actually, like his vocabulary is incredible. I learned a couple new words in the process of listening to this album. I, again, that's part of the reason why it was swimming circles around me, as well as as soon as the first part of this album came out, I was so blue balled waiting for the next part of it. Um, and it's also, uh, worth mentioning that the first part um, is much longer than the second with the first piece of the album being 12 tracks and the second being eight. There are also a fair amount of, uh, skits, I guess not so much skits as they are interludes and spoken word passages where he kind of explores different, different areas of thought, I guess you could say. But if we're here to talk about the music, which we are, which we are, the vibe the soundscapes that this man creates, the overall use of his own instrumental ability, his own production style, his own um, vocal ability and vocal prowess, the mixture of all of these qualities of Moses Sumney as an artist and a songwriter come together in full and beautifully on this project. And that is pretty much evident from the technically what is the first track which is cut me the album opens off on more of a low-key spoken word passage but cut me is the very first 
full song that we're introduced to. And this was one of the singles leading up to this uh, album. And Cut Me is a beautiful kind of low-key R&B tune. Um, again, with some with some indie vibes thrown in there, with especially with like the acoustic guitar in places, but also with some beautiful horn sections and some beautiful vocal harmonies. And the song hooks you right away. It hooked me right away because it has this very, very, very quiet curiosity about it that carries throughout much of the record. And I also, it's worth mentioning that. I believe Moses Sumney has had some form or degree of music education because I feel like his understanding of scale um, as well as note placement within a within a key signature, you couldn't pull off some of the things that he pulls off theoretically by accident a lot of the times. Unless you're really about being weird because take for example the 12th 12th track Polly um at least the 12th track on the first part of the record where that this is one of the more um stripped back parts of the record it's not as lavish and as full as some of the other parts it's kind of just him and an acoustic guitar but the scale that he uses much of the time he'll substitute um I'm sorry this is getting like really theoretical and nitty gritty but he'll substitute the perfect fifth, um, which is one of the most common tones in modern music, especially Western modern music, using the common tuning system that we use here in the Western part of the world. He'll substitute the common fifth or the perfect fifth for the tritone of the scale. And the tritone, for those of you who don't know, was considered the devil's tone in ancient times, let's say medieval uh, kind of churchier music times. In the 1400s, if you played it, you were beheaded because it sounded so ugly and horrid to them. Um, but here he uses it and he places it in the song with ease. And I must say that I am extremely impressed by it. I also have to say that vocally speaking, I don't know if any other artist could pull off what Moses pulls off, uh, especially to the extent that he does it being sitting mostly in his falsetto register throughout the album with many other artists i could see it getting grating with moses sumney it's more just part of his style and more part of his character and he even acknowledged that in an interview um at one point and it's really i don't know it's a really beautiful acknowledgement of self but just in terms of other things that i was impressed with with this album I was impressed with his topic choice because he'll travel from things to existentialism to death and life and the circle of it, especially on tracks like me in 20 years and two dogs. And he'll ponder the meaning of self um, and what it means to live and living for things beyond yourself, especially on Gagarin, um, which is absolutely gorgeous. Just everything about his lyrics on the album and the topics that he chooses is so evocative and the way that he uses his language to kind of caress you as a listener is out of this world. Um, I never could have seen it coming, uh, especially on, in this much of a full form as an album. It just, it, it works really, really well for him. And I'm really happy to see just how well he did with everything. 
I don't know. That's kind of my overall. We can talk about, if you want to, we can talk about tracks by themselves. So, like I said, I quickly visited the first project by Moses in preparation for this. And one of the things that I noticed is this is a much louder album, not just in volume, but in the way that it is so distinctly him and not someone else. He made a name for himself on this project, and it's not a name that's like going to go away in music anytime soon. I was just very excited to hear him do his own thing so clearly do his own thing and speaking to his lyricism and his poetry while simultaneously making ridiculous concoctions of sound is i was blown away and i'm going to hype this and rave on this more than i had ever planned to like when i was approaching the album i think that this is more diverse and complicated and bold and complex in all of insert adjective here compared to his first project and really compared to anything this year for a sophomore album this is this is absurd this is so crazy to me and it has all the potential in the world to snowball into superstardom i would be so interested to see how this would play out in a concert format Me and too. hearing that he opens for the likes of those larger people i'd be so interested to see what his stage presence is and while his last ep was bathed in contemplation and explored areas of resisting and it has some political moments of it and this album kind of wades into a space where things are a bit more unclear and hazy even and he mixes so many things into this album where it almost feels as though the further you get into it, I've never had this experience that I can remember on an album. But when I was listening to this, it feels as though the album like reaches back into itself and pulls from itself for inspiration. Huh. I have never felt that. As I listened to the second part on this, I'm like, holy shit, this was inspired by him. Mm. Like (laughs) (laughs) I've, I don't know like what to describe that as, but I got that multiple times. I got whiffs of that where I was like, damn, he just like, he did that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. That was nine times out of 10. The songs are um, extracting emotions from personal history and sometimes traumatic experiences. And like the, the track conveyor is talking about um, his time as a student in a private school and all of the shenanigans and horrible things that have happened through that. And a lot of this is buried in the meaning through his, his lyrics, which it, when it comes down to it is poetry that is sung gorgeously. Just, I resonated with the, the suffering and feeling of suffocation where no matter what you do, it's never quite 
enough. It doesn't quite come across. I think across, you're talking about Polly. I think so too. Come across as doing something that is good enough, even though it is, you, you can always perfect your own thing. And it really comes back to an artist being their own harshest critic. Mm-hmm. And tying that in with the romantic lines fantastically done he Mm -hmm. blew me away with this in all of the ways and there's something admirable just about that concept and i think artists touch on it pretty regularly but i i haven't seen it done as clean and unique as he does and touching off of course here for a second his vocal delivery and inflections are holy his voice and his range is unlike any other gargantuan unparalleled absolutely i i can't name another person that fits into his space of this vocals it just it doesn't exist in my mind especially in his vocals but even in his music too it's just it's so very uh uniquely him the the overall theme of this album for me is what makes it so incredible in all of the mentions that it does this is basically moses sumney will not conform to anything he has said and is true to form he doesn't conform to gender or sexuality or race or um genre on this and through all of the lyrics and all of the sound and everything that's abundantly clear that he just wants to go with what he is in the moment and i can't think of another album where he has or i can't think of another album at all where it's just as it is in the moment and is inspired by itself in many ways and i think that at the end of the day is what just Makes this so appealing. Makes this just so different and the freshest breath of air that I have had in music so far this year, without a doubt. This is unparalleled for me in terms of what has been produced this year. Yeah, and I might say that his songwriting also is on fucking point because his chord progressions are fantastic, especially on tracks like bless me and bystanders which are fantastic but he also found his, finds a lot of beauty and simplicity like on Polly uh and bystanders and keeps me alive where a lot of times it's just him and a guitar uh maybe some swirling ambience you'll get but he'll he'll find a lot of power in himself and i think a lot of this album comes down to self exploration a finding of your own identity as a person kind of throughout um and he'll touch upon topics like love and love strickenness um as well on tracks like cut me and polly and spirituality on bless me there's just so much that goes in behind the scenes and the lyrics on this album just touching down on a few of my favorite tracks uh gagarin is i really hope i'm pronouncing some of these right gagarin is a gorgeous piece of jazz basically where he 
mixes plenty of ambience, especially at the end into the into the uh, into the fold here. But there are these swirling piano melodies that go on while his the heavy manipulation on his voice makes him sound like a like a like a like a tenor saxophone. Uh, it is gorgeous. It is it is it is one of the warmest things I've heard this year, and it is it is very alien and otherworldly, but also kind of inviting in a way, which is interesting, and it's very spacious, but it's also very aware of its surroundings. It's just a, it's, it's a beautiful piece of, again, kind of like just jazz music. And Neither Nor is one of the instances where I can hear in rainbows, and I, I, I am, could not be happier with that statement, but just everything from the arpeggiated guitars to uh, the syncopated rhythms to especially the end climax of the track where it's this big cacophonous change of of chords and melody and texture um, and everything sort of comes caving back in on itself. It is It is gorgeous to watch everything unfold in that track and just I, I feel like I get to know him as a person more through this album. And that's something that I don't get to say very often about a piece of, uh, or a work, uh, like this, a piece of music like this, but I really do. I, f- I feel like he's very vulnerable throughout this project, and that's one of the things that makes it so appealing to me. And I have nothing else really to say other than go and experience it for yourself because there's not much of anything like it. And that's kind of what I have to say. I didn't have a problem with very many of the tracks on here as they are. Um, most of them are gorgeous and some of them are even kind of like exciting, like viril, 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 I, again, I need to expand my vocabulary. I'm sorry, but it's the fourth track. Uh, and the enormous percussion on this track is just soul shattering. It it will, it will tear open your third eye. (laughs) I love every second of it, but anyway, not a perfect album throughout, We'll get to that, but I enjoyed this album so much. I really did. I think we're in agreement there, so I guess without further ado, we can get into the next section. If there's one thing that I'd have to criticize about this album, especially in the first leg with all of the um, bits of spoken word passage sort of exploration of sound while I do appreciate them this album can be a little bit self-indulgent and by a little bit I mean kind of a lot just looking at all of the tracks here the first half yeah there are four different there are four different places where he um, puts in spoken word passages and as evocative and as thought-provoking as as many of the pieces of music here are, I don't feel like he got the same effect out of the transitional tracks. I feel like they're less less thought-provoking and more off-putting a lot of the times, and it causes for the flow of the first half to become kind of disjointed. Which is kind of which is kind of unfortunate. I'm not gonna lie, and I don't have a problem with all of them, like the 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 very first uh, passage and the last one on the um, 
on the second half of the album, kind of tying the two parts together, I enjoyed. Uh, and that was the sixth track, because the final track on both of the records, the, the very last one, Before You Go, is just an instrumental piece where you coast out on. Um, and I have honestly no problem with that. But if there's one that I had to like point out, it would be the tenth piece on the very first part, uh, which is titled Also, 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 And, 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 talking about multiplicity. Um, and while it is freaky and it's kind of cool, it really becomes kind of a head scratcher in the track list. And I, at this point, I know that Moses Sumney is one for kind of challenging the listener to think, especially about through, through speaking about himself. Um, he causes the listener to think about themselves through these songs. This was an instance where I, I feel that he kind of pushes it upon the listener too much, if that makes any sense, which I don't know if it does. I just found them to, I, f- I found the transitional moments to be a little bit, uh, I guess I'll use off-putting again, because that's, that's kind of how I feel about them. But other than that, I didn't have much of a problem with this. Again, I didn't have much of a problem with many of the songs on here. Maybe you do, and I'll chime in if you do, but... I didn't really have many problems that you didn't already mention. I could have done without some of the extended ambient moments, like at the end of, for continuity yeah, Gagarin. Ga- Gagarin. 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 Okay, that's probably right. <laughs> Gagarin. The last, I think it's like minute and 54 seconds or something around there. It is a fading out of sounds that have been repeating throughout the track and it's it's an ambient moment and it's very long i could have done with 54 seconds i could have done with a minute uh coming up on two minutes and the track is five minutes and some odd seconds that's that's a lengthy amount of time to commit to that i don't know was necessary it doesn't hurt the album the moments like that like badly but it definitely as far as one of my characteristics that i look for in albums the way that they work is the way that they flow and for me that does take away from the flow a bit when disrupts there, there, a little bit there is a, it it's not even a standouty thing where it kind of disrupts it it's just elongated to a point of where I'm thinking that might be a little unnecessary. And gotcha. that was pretty much my only, my only flaw besides the, the exertion that he went through to indulge in some of the moments that appear. There's definitely a handful of things that he probably could have laid off of that a little bit appear a little too frequently but i don't think that any of it is that detrimental to the album at all this is an album that i'm going to be returning to i'm excited to return to i haven't stopped returning to it since i put it on for the first time right and that's kind of where i'm at compliment it in the dislike section yeah you know yeah brother I mean, I if I had like any more gripes with it, it'd be that 
as much as I like the themes on Conveyor and even some of the instrumental choices I liked, but it was a it was in terms of everything else here, it kind of I'm not gonna say that it faded in the background because it didn't. It's definitely more of one of the more in your face tracks on here, but I just found it to be at least from a production standpoint, not up to par with everything else here. It kind of loses its bite in the first minute and a half. Just the excitement of the track wears off faster than a lot of the other tracks here, and that's kind of unfortunate for me, but again, nothing that holds the album back too much in that department. I loved just about every song on here. I loved everything from Cut Me in Bloom all the way up to the end of the first half, Color, Polly, Neither Nor... And I love basically the entirety of the second half, from Two Dogs and Bystanders to Bless Me, which is the seventh track, and Before You Go, which the album goes off on, were all incredible expressions of self, and just the instrumental palettes that he chooses are fantastic. I'm talking about things that I should be talking about in the final section, so let's just get into it. This is an amazing album. I mean amazing. How amazing, you might ask? I plan on buying this on vinyl. I maybe have 20 records. I maybe have 20 records. And maybe 25. And they they are all... I, I went... I, I had a sperm at the moment decision when I had a whole bunch of Amazon cards to buy a whole bunch of albums that I liked in the moment, but like are not going to be with me forever and I sold all of them. So now I'm down to the records that like I genuinely love and it's about 20 25 around. Really? There. Yeah. So you 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 sorted through that. Yes. Huh. Yeah. I did the same with my Apple Music. I got rid of everything I'm not going to return to. Anyway, for for me to consider putting this in that tier list of things that I love and want to hold on to. I really, really, really enjoyed this project. I th- This is not going away anytime soon for me. And Moses Sumney on this record is blatantly unapologetic and unashamed of being experimental and finding his way. And he conforms to absolutely... No nothing he is comfortable in existing in this strange ambient jazz pop space that i can't think of another person who dwells as well in this area as he does this is a space that i feel he owns and it's going to be interesting to see when other people start to arrive and realize how cool this area of music is it's basically untouched in the way that he is putting this on Without labels or expectations, the way that he handles his music, I think that this was an incredible record. Really, really good. This is as far at this point in recording, this is my favorite album that we have listened to so far this year. And we have a few coming down the pipe that I'm very excited to talk about, but this one was really good. Mm-hmm. Really good. I think he his career is going to be insane, and I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I'm for so what's excited. Next. That's my summary, Ian. 
uh, what you said. Okay. I <laughs> I enjoyed this so much. I'm not really going to rehash or anything. I've already, like, I've beaten all of the dead horses that I could beat in this episode. I'm just going to leave it at that. Go listen to it yourself because it is fantastic. Give me a grade. 9.2. Straight 9. I'm giving it a 9. I this is nine material. This is good. This is this is good. Hopefully more albums come out of this quality this year because I I'm just with the the way this year's been going, I need to pick me up. <laughs> and this is this is one of this is one of those moments where I I've gotten a bit of a pick me up. And thank you Moses Sumney for making me just a little bit happier during the times of Rona. Um I appreciate it. From me to you Man, man. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, brother. I'm so lame. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. We appreciate you taking the time to join us on this wonderful day of the week that you have chosen to do so. We have new episodes Friday, 9 a.m. Also, new episodes Sunday, 9 a.m. Sunday ones are going to be special, a little bit peculiar. We will have classic reviews maybe think pieces or interviews with very talented people that we are interested in conversating with and you probably will like as well we like talented people who doesn't you can check out our website soundoutits.com soundoutits.com we're both on the edge of a stroke right now yeah it's it's 12 36 a.m it's tomorrow right now right the best time of the day yeah and you can follow us on sound audits you can follow us on instagram at sound audits you can follow us on twitter at sound audits follow moses sumney at moses sumney or just Um, moses on instagram he actually has the handle moses what a guy wonder who has noah should get them together want to collab (laughs) (laughs) okay well you can live in your own fantasy world go ahead visit our anchor page anchor.fm slash sound audits you can leave a small donation of 99 cents which powers this podcast and keeps it afloat for the price of two gumballs you can support two broke college kids again that's just 0.99 cents not even one dollar we don't need that much it's not required ramen is cheap (laughs) we will see you next week looking forward to it friday or sunday in the morning both times Thank you for listening. Look out. Thank you you all have for been listening. Sound audited. We will see you all in the next one. Until then, stay safe. Continue to do that, please. For the both of us, we worry about you. Aha, I'm a dad. Peace out.